Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, current and future PAs on your way to financial independence. I'm your host, Kat, and this podcast is for all of those PAs out there who recognize that throughout all of their training and education, they never really learned basic financial literacy topics. Over the past couple of weeks, I have dived into some common terms that you will hear talked about in the financial industry or financial independence communities. And during today's episode, we will discuss a couple of common topics as well, but I want to try to explain them a little bit further and more in detail so that you feel as though you have an understanding of them. Those topics will be budgets and budget methods, as well as sinking funds. But before we go into today's episode, I wanted to take the time to thank all of the listeners out there, as well as those who have left reviews for the podcast. The last episode was episode number 26, so that marked a whole half of a year of creating and producing weekly content for PA the FI way. I truly hope that you have found this information valuable, as it is all the information that I wish I had learned about sooner, whether that was as a pre-PA student or a PA student or even a new grad. So if you are a listener or a subscriber and get the podcast delivered every single week, Thank you for taking the time to take a listen so that you can advance your financial literacy on your way to financial independence. Way back in episode two, I touched on the concept of budgeting. I didn't really dive into a whole lot of detail, but I did talk about how it's important to track your expenses when you first start trying to become financially literate for usually about three to six months to try to understand where every single dollar that you and your spouse or your partner are spending throughout your life. I completely recognize that that's a very tedious process, but again, in order to reach a goal, you have to know where you're starting from. It very likely could be a huge wake-up call as well because it can make you think whether you are spending your money intentionally on things that you truly find value and joy out of in your life. Additionally, I had talked about how there are three big budget items, housing, transportation, and food. And if you can focus on cutting the costs of those three items, since they make up such a large portion of your budget, you very likely don't have to be super restrictive or tightly budget in every other area of your life, especially as you get the hang of trying to spend intentionally. When you are first starting with your finances, you may have to budget every single dollar so that you can form good habits. But how can you do that? Well, today I would like to discuss different budget methods with you. These are not by any means all-inclusive, but I think that they give you 
an idea of different options that you can use to budget if you haven't started budgeting yet, or if you aren't really a fan of your current budgeting system and may perhaps want to try a different way of budgeting. The first budget method is called pay yourself first. So what this method means is that you decide a certain percentage of your income that you want to use to pay yourself first in the areas of paying off debt and saving and investing. There's a really excellent and easy to read book called The Richest Man in Babylon. And the whole premise of this book talks about how important it is to pay yourself first. So many people will get their money and then spend it and then decide to try to save or invest or pay off debt with the leftover money. It's incredibly hard to build wealth that way if you try to do that. If instead you're able to automate your finances and pay yourself first by having much of your income go to investing before it even hits your bank account, then it is a lot easier to build wealth and pay yourself first over time. If I recall from The Richest Man in Babylon, the author advocates to pay yourself 10% of your income first. While 10% can be a great first place to start with for a lot of people, I would really encourage you to consider trying to pay yourself a lot more than only 10% of your income. And that is especially if you are aiming for financial independence and are wanting to have the option to retire early. You have to decide what percent is right for you. But with the pay yourself first method, let's say that you want to pay yourself 30% of your income and you use that to pay off your student loan debt and then you use it to invest in your 401k and HSA and Roth IRA and perhaps a taxable brokerage account, then once you've done that, you would have 70% of your income to spend on whatever you wish. So this budget method can be seen as a little bit less restrictive because you have a fair amount of income that you can use to spend on those things that you enjoy. Often this method is better if you have already paid off your debt and you are really able to allocate a certain percentage of your income to investing and saving for your future. The second type of budget method that I would like to review with you is the envelope budget. With the envelope budget, you can have literal envelopes or you can have figurative envelopes in your online banking account because sometimes those online accounts let you have different buckets, which could be, you know, your virtual envelope, so to speak. And whether this is a physical envelope where you are using cash or a virtual situation where you are using money that is in your banking account, this is where you would allocate a certain budget number of how much money you want to spend in various categories. So you may have an envelope for food, entertainment, gas, apparel, etc. And then the number that you decide for each month is how much you could spend in that category. Sometimes people will decide that if they don't spend all of the money in one area, that they can shift the money to another area and spend a little bit more in the other area instead if they would like. Otherwise, some people will decide to go ahead and try to save that money for something for the future or even try to invest it if they're able to. 
The next type of budget that I would like to review is called the 50-30-20 budget. And what this budget is, is that you would spend 50% of your budget or income on the needs in your life. So housing, transportation, food, medical costs, essential apparel, etc. And then 30% on the wants in your life. So the not so essential apparel, such as a cute new dress that you would like to try to get or some new shoes, or perhaps forms of entertainment, going to sporting events, or concerts, or any other type of wants in your life. And then the 20% would be to save. And again, that would be to try to save and invest for your future. Now, again, you would have to decide if in this situation, if you feel like 20% is enough of your budget and income to try to save and invest for your future, if you are trying to reach financial independence. So if you don't feel like 20% is enough, Maybe you do try to flip the 30% and 20% and instead use 30% of your income to save and invest for your future and spend 20% on your wants. Additionally, if you're able to cut costs for the needs in your life, again, such as housing, transportation, food, etc., then perhaps you really don't need to spend the full 50% on your needs and then you could adjust the percentage to whatever you would like to in those three categories for whatever fits your life and your goals. The next type of budget is probably a pretty good budget to start with for most people when they are starting to become financially literate and learn about budgeting and trying to get a grasp on their finances. This budget is called the zero-based budget. A zero-based budget is where you and your spouse figure out the exact dollar amount that's coming in every single month, and then you assign a job for every single dollar. So at the end of the month, you have assigned every single dollar a job so that you don't have any more money to spend or allocate for your budget. So in those first few months of budgeting, you will soon learn what those essential expenses are, such as utilities, rent or mortgage payment, student loan payments, your average grocery spending per month, etc. And once you know that total amount of those non-negotiables, then you will see how much money you have left over. With that leftover amount, you decide how many dollars go into what exact category. So you can decide to put extra dollars towards paying off your student loans if you're trying to pay off your debt aggressively. You can put extra amount into your retirement account. You can assign some towards entertainment. And if you want to, you can even break that down further into specifics such as dining out or going to a sporting event, etc. So at the end of every single month, you don't have any extra dollars just sitting around without a job. Because this type of budget is so detailed, it really forces you to take a critical look at how you're spending your money. But with that comes the fact that it's a pretty detailed and somewhat tedious task. Again, this can be an excellent budget method for the beginners out there. 
And perhaps in several months or in a few years after you've been budgeting, you may decide to try out one of the other budgeting systems to figure out what works for you once you've gotten a better handle on your finances. We have reviewed four different types of budgeting methods, which were pay yourself first, the envelope budget method, the 50-30-20 budget method, and the zero-based budget system. Next, let's discuss what sinking funds are, what the benefits of them are, and examples of how sinking funds could be used. So what is a sinking fund? A sinking fund is a dedicated savings account where you save and put money into over time for an upcoming single expense that is expected. So this differs from an emergency fund because if you recall from episode 11 when we discussed emergency funds, that they are for unexpected expenses. Sinking funds are for expected upcoming expenses. So some benefits of having sinking funds for known expenses that are in your future can be that you don't have to tap into your emergency fund. You don't have to charge the expense on a credit card and potentially have to pay interest. And they allow you to kind of stay on task and avoid spending impulsively. So what could sinking funds be used for? A very common purpose for sinking funds would be saving for upcoming gifts for people, whether that be birthday gifts, wedding or baby shower gifts, or Christmas gifts. Christmas gifts in particular can add up to quite a bit of money, especially all at once at the end of the year, depending upon how large your family is, how elaborate you get with your gift giving. But every single year, Christmas rolls around and it shouldn't be a surprise that it's there and that you're going to have this known expense. So some people will consider using a sinking fund for Christmas and whether they want to spread it over the course of six months leading up to Christmas or even all 12 months, all year round, putting some money towards the sinking fund to use on Christmas gifts every year. Another very common purpose for sinking funds would be upcoming vacations. Most of the time, most people know that they are going to be going on a vacation several months, if not several weeks ahead of time. Many vacations have some expenses. Even if you try to reduce the cost of vacations by using travel rewards As discussed in episode 22, there can be the cost of food when you get there or different activities and entertainment when you get there as well. You could also use sinking funds to pay for upcoming home repairs or improvements or updates on your house, or even if you know if you're going to be buying a different car in the future. There are so many areas in your life that you could consider using sinking funds for. If you decide to use sinking funds, you can automate them by scheduling a recurring monthly transfer to the fund. 
I hope you were able to learn something from today's episode, whether it was about the different type of budget options that are out there and thinking about which method might be good for you at this point in your life, or about how sinking funds can help you save over time for an upcoming known expense. This episode is airing on Friday for the first time due to my recent schedule change at work, and this was the week that the construction at my clinic finished, so I no longer am working from home doing telepsych, but instead having to add a commute back to my day. It's very interesting to go back to seeing some people in person. A lot of patients are still opting to do a telepsych visit because it's so convenient for them, but it's been interesting to be back in clinic. If you have a bit of a commute, I hope that you consider not only listening to my podcast to become more financially literate and learn about financial independence for PAs, but also listen to some other ones to try to self-educate so you can become a better version of yourself and learn while you are taking the time to drive in your car on your way to work. And I hope that you all had a great week and are looking forward to this weekend. We're going to be spending this weekend up north at my husband's family's cabin for what they call the family picnic, which is essentially a family reunion up there. It's really fun to see the extended family every year and enjoy some time out on the lake. So whatever you do with the rest of your Friday and upcoming weekend, I hope that you really enjoy it. Life is short and time is precious. So try to spend a lot of time with those that you care about. I hope to see you back next week. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.